and gentlemen, please fasten your seatbelt. Blood on your hands, like the poison on my fang. I'm a lady with the gunfire, bang, bang, bang. Cause I'm the dynamite, you don't wanna fight. I go boom, boom, boom when I kiss you bad night. ಲೇಮಸ್ಕ್ and how i pronounced it right lemus correcta lemus uh, i think it's pronounced le musk le musk how it's pronounced in french and so the le word is a french derivative and le musk is uh, it's english and french or you know it's the, or the indianized <laughs> <laughs> possibly yes <laughs> okay i'll stick with le musk let's keep okay, it le musk. authentic right. so i have a lot of things to ask you about and then you know i'm this is this is going to be a very super informational podcast um so and there's there's a lot of tech stuff that we are going to talk about and then uh, me coming from a nighty background i'm very intrigued with so many aspects i just can't wait so firstly i just want to thank you for uh, you know making time in your very busy schedule especially now uh for for this podcast and uh yeah i i'm 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 really 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 thankful to you for doing this <laughs> i'm i'm happy to do this and i'm i'm um, <laughs> i'm a bit uh, honored to be also on this podcast you know with a lot of people who have come here i'm just somebody not as great as what they have achieved no, so yeah, yeah yeah so i'm i'm really happy to be here as well no such thing no such thing as uh, you're not greater you're absolutely i mean the fact that you're working with sir and you've been working with him uh on this particular project for 6 years for the last 6 years you have a lot of stories to talk or tell rather so yeah, I, i have but everything aside before we jump into things most important question how do you have a windows machine there you just mentioned earlier how did a windows machine make it into the studio <laughs> you wouldn't believe it most of our work was done in windows machines <laughs> so i was okay with that uh it 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 was more of the need right i don't i don't think sir is uh, like a mac person and like a like a, you know i mean he is definitely he uses mac because that gets his work done but what got our work done uh, for lamask was uh, you know the the ability to view in vr huh. and that was very important for us and mac machines still don't uh, have vr compatibility as much as windows machines do so like most devices vr devices were made for windows uh, you know hardware and uh, 
Hence, we had to stick with Windows to complete the project. Right. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Yeah. I was. I was. I was very curious because, like earlier when we spoke, you said Windows, and I was like, okay. I know there's one person in the entire team who uses a Windows machine for all his work. That's uh, Deepak Pa, the mixing engineer. Uh, but okay. other than him, there's no one else who uses a Windows machine. And I, I mean, yeah. That's that's audio side, right? So I, <laughs> I I know they have their preferences. For us, it was about like what got the work done. So yeah, yeah. I mean, we had both. We we did. Uh, ultimately, Mac came to a rescue. Uh, mm-hmm. for some editing related work as well. Like, you know, when uh, over six years, you can imagine the tech kept changing, like the entire tech, the softwares. We went through about six versions of Premiere Pro <laughs> just to edit the film. Like it started from uh, 2016, 2017, right? Yeah. And uh, it, it just kept changing for us. Change was something that we had to constantly deal with. Uh, Windows would update their OS, the 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 editing software would keep updating and we had to deal with the changes even even the headsets we kept getting new vr headsets mm. so the the project through the 6 years was always about adapting to change bringing whatever made our work and got it done faster i mean we didn't want to spend 6 years to begin with right like <laughs> we we were always on the lookout for how can we get this done faster it, it was not like we started with oh we have 6 years to make this vr film we had two months to make the VR film. You wouldn't imagine that. That's where it started. It began. That's where it began. <laughs> so uh, yeah. we always were on the lookout for what made our work uh, faster. It was just. It was so, so complicated. So yeah. and nobody has done this before. So yeah. it was like a constant. Like it was always like having to learn, having to adapt. Right. Amazing. I love it. I love the way you closed it off. Uh, having to learn and having to adapt. So good. And uh, dude, before I dive into things, um, Manisar has watched it. And uh, what did he say? I'm sure he was going to come. I was. I'm afraid I missed being here on time. But okay. uh, he did say amazing stuff about it. Uh, so I can't. I can't recall his exact words. But uh, he did mention stunning. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And uh, he really appreciated it. Like uh, from what I heard, he didn't hesitate to appreciate this at all. And like you know, as as soon as he got done watching it, so that's great to, you know, that's that's like a huge thing for us, <laughs> for for Mani sir to have watched it and appreciated it. So good, and that's the pot he was sitting on. Yes, this was where he was yesterday. <laughs> yeah. Okay, great. Uh, we we're, we're going to talk about a lot of things. Uh, so, dude. Um, six years in the making and uh, now it's out in LA it has opened in LA rather um, how does it feel man like what what's what are you going through funny you should ask um, I'm actually not going through much because I think this was one of those projects where you can you can like most confidently say the journey was more rewarding than the end right like uh, uh, six years, so many ups and downs, so much we learned, so many wins on the way. Yeah, uh, It was not about one large win ever. It was about so many small wins that we had to get through uh, to see this as a final product. Like every shot in the film is a VFX shot. Every shot. Like there is, you wouldn't see a film like that possibly where wow. every shot needed VFX work on it. And, and not the traditional pipeline that 
studios are used to so we we um, uh, you know we we couldn't rely on any one studio we had to adapt like in house for most of these things and so every every time we got something done it was a win for us and we celebrated those wins over 6 years and like at the end of it you're like yeah i mean that the journey was so rewarding and <laughs> so i honestly i don't i'm not i'm like okay sir has already given me new work so <laughs> i'm on to that now i i'm not uh, i'm like i'm really really happy that it's out and it's happy that it's there for people to view and you know i'm i'm curious obviously about what most people think the the cans premiere was a, a good uh, experience for us as well because we 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 actually had people walk up and say the exact things that what sir told us at the beginning of the project like uh-huh. you know he he meant this as a global film he meant it for a global audience and to see the global audience come and say wow this works because we we kind of lost context 6 years is a long time we have watched this film like we've seen it evolve when number of times and uh, so we have lost context we have lost we are numb to the film itself right so we don't know what it feels like and then for people from around the world to come up to us and say this was an experience like no other people coming to watch it like three four times uh, you know they're like i want to see it again i don't mind like <laughs> so uh, that that was really heartening for us to see um, people's reaction so for us it's it's just that now you know it's it's just that that journey was very rewarding and yeah. uh, we are on to newer things because sir doesn't stop <laughs> yeah. so good and on that note uh, what is sir going through now that it's open um i really don't i really can't say i mean he is uh, definitely uh, uh going through a range of emotions he is relieved he was nervous uh at some point perhaps i mean i am i really can't say what nervousness is for him right like he he's very candid uh, to us but uh, at the end of the day he is somebody who at the same time can be like ha huh, it's fine you know he's he's that sort of a uh detached person at, at as well at times and so i i really can say i i'm sure he's very happy mm. uh that the fact that we we did cross all odds and we came out like uh, mm. at so many points there was always a scare could we finish this could we complete this because we jumped into it and it was all about uh, all about us swimming till the end you know like yeah. reaching the shore and that now that we have done it um uh, and he's he's a man of like multiple projects happening all at once <laughs> right like everywhere everything all at once and uh, uh, so that that happens so certain conversations are about lema certain conversations are about purely about new projects uh, so it's very hard for me to say but i'm sure he's very happy about the so good so good and actually on that note i still remember this is like a very brief conversation that i had from L- lemask I'll, am I pronouncing it right? Lamask, Lamask. Lamask. That's fine. Oh. <laughs> I'm sure the audience, global audience, going to pronounce in like many which ways, right? Like that's that's. I'll go with Lamask. Uh, in this context, I remember about two years ago we had this little conversation, and at that point in time, uh, the infrastructure side of things in terms of the installation and all that was not even on the radar. It hasn't, have wasn't finalized and all that. So. so it's like it's almost there we just have to crack that one thing and after that we are good it will happen it will happen and then he said it like three times it will happen <laughs> and today 
it has happened and it's out there it's opened up and i'm i'm so thrilled and i only got to watch a tiny bit of it but i can't wait myself to watch the entire 37 minutes duration uh, movie now now the thing is i mean earlier uh, you know in in our conversation you mentioned that you had to do almost everything in house right because it's one of a kind and it's first time ever in terms of doing something uh with such a vision first of all um what are the things that you had to do from an in house like what are the things you had to do in your studio that is the studio where lemask was completely done so uh, i'm afraid i changed location okay, <laughs> okay this this is where we have the exhibition set up but the studio uh, is upstairs right uh, i just thought this is a better yes you know, yes uh, yes really like to do it here instead so um for us we did uh, like like sir likes to rely on technology a lot to get like new creative ideas out right mm. so uh, it it began with the idea it began with experimenting and we were in fact doing a, a vr experience for uh, 99 songs his mm. uh, his bollywood film that released mm. and um, but like the results of it inspired him to like take up like lemas can do it and uh, when we began we thought okay we have the technology there and this was in 2016 when you had a lot of companies getting into vr production like people were making cameras that were suited for cinematic vr experiences and there was this, there is this company called jaunt uh, they made this camera called the jaunt 1 vr and that uh, they promised uh, you know like an amazing cinematic quality capture and they also had the stitching you know so it it seemed like a one stop solution for us to bring this uh however it wasn't like okay we have the shots plan we'll do it we we did an entire previs in chennai with stand in actors to know if the story was working in vr at all we had our own uh experimental setup not the jaunt one but like you know the smaller 360 cameras mm-hmm. uh we we created a stereo version of it and we 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 made an entire edit of the film way before we actually shot the film to know if this story was working if this 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 medium works for us yeah and uh, that was crazy so and that that and the best part is that we could use that previous to communicate to the actors and to mm. all the other crew members saying that this is how is going to end up looking like an idea and and we are is something that's uh, uh, like like to be put into another reality is not something you can just tell people about it it's it's an experience mm. that they have to experience themselves to know what it feels like and mm. that really helped us orient a lot of our crew members uh, everybody to this and once once the shoot got done which was exactly 6 uh, years ago mm. in november uh, the challenge was to okay now we have all this data uh that we need to get stitched and uh, there is a it, it's not like we can stitch everything and start seeing uh, we can we can do a rough stitch of all the shots but to get the fine stitch done uh, it cost us per second of footage that you know we had to stitch um and we stitched it we saw the results initially we were like okay can we do better than this and th- there was a lot of glitches there was a lot of uh flickering and artifacts and there were all these bubbles around the actors and so like no tech that's something we learned that no tech is perfect like you know they it, it's always marketed as one thing but mm-hmm. when it comes to the final uh and the quality that sir asks for uh, you know and that what he's looking for and uh, what we were also looking for so we aligned with his vision with that one that we don't want to release something that's you know 
it had to be an experience where people felt immersed and somehow the output we got initially wasn't it and uh, luckily we had people in our team who could contact the company uh, and get like you know push them to get give us better output and uh, that came with its own set of problems which right. we found solutions for in house like when we stitched you know it, it it was a 16 no it was a 24 camera setup that there were 24 cameras roll uh, like a pumpkin uh, and they roll simultaneously and then that each of those 24 cameras that are pointing in different directions need to be stitched algorithmically on the cloud and and our biggest challenges like when when people started doing vr films uh they were doing 360 degree videos which mm. is very different from true virtual reality in the sense that uh, a 360 video feels like you have a dome screen and you just have something flat projected onto it whereas uh true vr as we believe is something where you feel the depth you feel a person walk up to you so there is depth so stereoscopy was very important 3d mm. was very important for us uh, to feel the presence of another person in front of us for example or feel like we are in an environment and we we weren't ready to compromise on that and that gave us 10x the problems <laughs> the fact that we weren't ready to compromise on that whereas most people just got away with doing 360 videos and presenting their ideas yeah we wanted it to be a true immersive experience and uh, like uh, sir uh like we don't use the word virtual reality for him it's a cinematic sensory experience and nice. um it is not just about the visual it's about the audio it's about the the x factor here which is the scent the which along around which the whole story was even written it was uh, not like scent was an afterthought so uh, all of this you know like we we were aiming for the highest quality server was aiming for the highest quality mm. and we pushed the companies to provide us like better quality footage but it came with its own set of problems and now we had to deal with that and uh, that was not something that's dealt with in a regular film industry pipeline uh, mm-hmm. where they they don't have issues of artifacts around actors they don't have to roto mm-hmm. out every actor in every shot which is something that we did we 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 had to clean up every frame of the movie literally every frame of the movie had to be cleaned up and uh, and this wasn't again in 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 a format that people are used to it's not a screen it's a 360 degree video yeah one for each eye <laughs> so yeah that that was a lot of volume of work that we had to deal with and we had to come up with ways in house because there was nobody else uh, doing it at the scale that which we were dealing with before so wow. um, that we had to come up with solutions ourselves right wow that's been a journey for sure and um since you mentioned i mean so the footages that were shot like 6 years ago did any of that had to be reshot or um so we didn't reshoot uh, we did a small pickup shoot after a year where like mm-hmm. sir had more ideas okay and he wanted more shots in uh, to replace some of the shots we had done with that camera so yeah uh, before which we used a completely different setup uh, okay. and he wanted to so it it was a constant process of research even after the shoot we were researching on camera like sir has never stopped researching till this date on vr cameras and camera technology and that's yeah. that's something that i love doing as well <laughs> so yeah. 
uh, he always buys the new stuff and he hands it to me and then I'll have to test it. So we we did this process in that, uh, like throughout the six years as well. Like, yeah, because he's always had new creative ideas and he never stopped at saying that, okay, you know, we have the stuff, let's just finish it. No, he's like right. kept adding, kept adding because he just wanted to make sure uh, this was like, like perfect. <laughs> so right. uh, we did that, but surprisingly the footage held up Mm. the 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 quality of vr headsets increased though so we were dealing with towards the end with footage that was not holding up to the quality of the vr headsets and mm. but we found ways to upscale it to such detail uh, that like towards the end we had like a really high quality so we went from uh, 4k vr uh, 4K VR is in traditional sense like full HD, okay, yeah. like 1080p uh, full HD TVs. In uh, because VR just demands more resolution, so that's the equivalent. So we had to go from that, yeah. and we went to 6K VR, which is uh, somewhere in between 4K and full HD for regular cinema. And uh, that that's where the headsets are right now, and that's where the playback is possible right now. So. We found that sweet spot and that's like, uh, that really made it, uh, you know, we, we had to upscale there and bring it to the level of what's, but yeah, it, it's worked for us. Understand, understand. Great. And and also, I mean, considering that this has been in the making since the last six years, right? And obviously, since you mentioned earlier as well, obviously, uh, technology evolves and uh, attached to that, you have to keep either upgrading or, you know, um, updating the software and things like that. So um, that was obviously must have been challenging, right? As part of that process uh, to constantly keep, uh, um, you know, keep updating it and then to ensure that you have the optimum SIR quality that's always expected out of. <laughs> I think it, it was a good thing that the whole team, like we had a core team of around five to six people here. Yeah, we were always thinking in terms of search quality, <laughs> so we were never like, oh, let's just get away with it, right? We were, we also were thirsty for that quality that server. Right, looking right, at. right. And that naturally made us want to do, uh, you know, like learn and adapt. Okay. Uh, often we had to deal with the fact that upgrading also broke earlier versions, like earlier project oh, files. And then we had to find a way to install the old versions of the softwares and get that data out. It was, <laughs> it, it is, it has been crazy. I, I, wow. we, it, that's why it's like a journey. It, it was an adventure of its own, right. where not everything was certain and like we knew a process to follow. Okay. We had to keep adapting at every step, right? Going through. So when the sailing was smooth, we kept going through it. When there was turbulence, we had to learn to navigate around it. And then keep going through it, navigate. So it was on and off. You know, we had moments where we we did have smooth sailing, and there were moments where there were turbulence, and we had to learn. So, uh, as with any project, I believe. So <laughs> no different. I love it. I love the way you put it. So and um, dude, and since you mentioned that, even before you guys went to shoot, were you there in Rome for the shoot? So I was there before the shoot. I was there during the recce. Yeah. Uh, and we were capturing locations in VR just to know what it felt like for Sir to come okay. back and review those shots. I was uh, like, my wedding was scheduled for exactly during the shoot. So I had to come back to India. 
so that was like yeah i just celebrated my 6th anniversary like 6 oh, years very nice it it, it marked the shoot of lemas can it marked uh, the release of lemas on the same day there right? you go. <laughs> how good how good it is <laughs> very dramatic very I'll dramatic send, very I'll, i'll send you a box of chocolates <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you. so uh, i remember sir joking about it you know like uh, one day shiraj will have kids and they'll be like daddy what are you still working on uh, daddy so i'll be like you know it's it's a long project it's a long story son i'll have to tell you <laughs> so sir used to joke about that you know and uh, so back then i was in italy uh, for the recce uh, i uh, was helping with capturing those locations and and showing it to sir like back in the hotel room where we were staying so that that was kind of my role i i've been the like the vr technologist for the project back then then also took up a vfx supervisor role uh, when it came to the fact that you know we had to do things in house <laughs> so again adapting <laughs> superb superb and then um so obviously you are, you had done a mock uh, shoot in chennai right prior to going to uh, rome and then so um was was uh, oh, you 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 used a normal 360 camera for for a mock then is that what you said we did we did use a normal yeah. 360 but we made it stereoscopic uh, uh-huh. so we did some jugaad there and we were able to stitch it in stereo to show sir what it felt like with depth and Understand. Uh, so so right from the beginning that was a requirement that you feel like you're right. present there and that meant that you had to shoot it in 3d and you had to we had to edit it in 3d and show it to him like within a span of a week <laughs> you know like right, right. what it looks like so imagine we did shoot a vr film and showed it to him albeit with like lower quality and less vfx requirements yeah, yeah. And, uh, it's just to get the sense of an idea of what it was <laughs> like agree okay cool and then you went to shoot the actual shoot then and which is a proper vr camera am i right yes. yeah and so and is that so that's 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 a 24 camera uh ball is it how how do you describe that camera you could call it a composite camera <laughs> like you know that's the technically right word that okay. comprised of uh, 24 cameras situated right. radially okay uh, and that uh, because that was designed by the company and they designed the software to stitch it right uh, so we had like a one stop solution to get both done like the capture and stitch uh just that we had to clean up the stitch and make it even better uh than what they gave us to get the quality that we yeah uh, and and like i said apart from that we had our own camera solutions developed in house yeah yeah we 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 captured additional footage with yeah of course okay and now connected to that what i was trying to ask was um so so you had that okay composite camera i'll i'll go with that term for now and so how do you go about like shooting a scene right so let's say a guy is just walking on a pathway is just making it up i'm not saying that this is going to be there in the movie is just walking in the park or something so someone holds the camera or it it's it's uh, there's a rig that goes or uh, so it's just the camera is just in one position but capturing the entire thing around That's it right. right yes it was on a tripod it was on a tripod uh-huh. and it it was uh, static for most shots it was static oh we have okay. some shots that were also moving uh like we had one shot with it in a car and we had a shot that was on a moving ferry uh, boat so uh-huh. 
but like we never moved the camera as such there was always a steady base to which it was rigged okay. yeah right so now with that said um what i'm trying to ask then is um what about the fpv and the pov shots as well like because obviously from a vr perspective i would like to see what the characters also seeing something along those lines am i right am i making sense by asking this i, I get what you're saying yeah so how um, did you, how did you uh, how do you go about executing that bit so uh, it's just the fact that you use a regular camera instead of the place of the actor right you ah. just position the camera there uh, so there are some scenes where you wanted to be in the actor's shoes and uh, you know mm-hmm. like and see what they are you know experience what they are feeling and some shots are observing right like you are observing what's going on right. uh, in the story uh, so you are an observer at times and you are the character at times mm-hmm. uh, so it's just a matter of seeing placing it like just any other camera okay. like in a regular camera the other actors look at the camera and talk to you right. or they don't mind you at all and they go about uh, you know playing their part okay uh, so you're just merely an observer and they're not they don't look at the camera so right 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 okay so now as an extension to that okay you can clearly see why i'm so very interested i'm just trying to understand uh, uh, as to how this is actually done so um now the bit is uh, what am i trying to ask so this guy is 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 walking or doing something the shot is taken and so you got the footage and how do you decide what is the keyframe like in terms of you there is either an object or or a character or whatever it is that needs to be the keyframe right for us you know what i'm trying to ask so uh, so what i'm like you're saying what is what is in front of you is that what you're trying to yeah ask? yeah yeah so what Because there what is no the front focus? huh Oh, the focus. Focus is what you're trying to say. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, I Because think you can light. Yeah, you you have you have a 24 camera ball or a composite camera with 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 absolute. I like power. I like it being called a 24 camera ball. That's 24 camera ball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so yeah. might kill me if he yeah. hears this. So, um, so I'm 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 just curious to know as to uh, is this bit actually written? saying okay this should be the focus for this particular scene uh, how yes, do you yes, visualize yes, very like, much there is the director how did he go about thinking from that perspective that's what i'm trying to get at which i'm struggling to ask this question <laughs> okay uh, so i really think it's what the story demands right so the story demands a screenplay now your screen is much wider than your regular screen is it's, it's all around you right uh, that's the only difference in terms of a Okay. uh like a filmmaker perspective that you have a story uh, earlier you could show what you needed to show on screen but yeah. now the screen is all around you so how do you get the audience to focus on the story is that what you're trying to ask like what's yeah, happening yeah. because there's everything everywhere so one of the ways we are able to do it is by having the most prominent action and the audio in front of us uh we can orient the view however which way we want in the edit right so uh, we can have the action in front of us and to prevent people from like looking all around mm-hmm. we have a chair that controls where they look 
so you you don't have to even worry about missing something or you don't have to worry about seeing everywhere the whole point is to just be immersive rather than be like oh it's 360 i have to look everywhere like it, the whole point is that you feel you're in that world but uh, as as long as you're seeing something happening in front of you you do uh, follow it like as a viewer you are intrigued by what's happening there of course you want to know okay what else is happening you can look around a lot of the viewers we've seen actually tend to just sit and look okay. i don't know if that's a habit <laughs> i don't know how that because i i i i have to admit i i was the other way around when i when i put the oculus on and i was doing watching the sample footage i was looking everywhere to see what else am i seeing right right so uh in a way you do in your peripheral vision see everything but then when you're not seeing something interesting there as much as interesting in front of you uh you would you would come back there right and you have dialogues you have audio coming from there rather than from everywhere else like there is ambient sound but your actors talking is what's more prominent to you than somebody else talking so you you are focused to what's happening in the story mm. regardless of what's happening around you and right. uh, so that's one of the things that uh, like worked for us like <laughs> you know we, we that's that's why the 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 previous previous shoot worked for us because we yeah. knew whether it was working or not indeed to focus and it's not necessary that you know um, don't want to reveal much that you know there is 360 degree action there are places where there's only action in front and it's only 180 degrees so mm-hmm. uh is is this the point of being immersive that was important to us and not the fact that oh we have to show something everywhere all around you know it, it was not like we had to saturate the view with stuff so right. we, we wanted to stick to the story but we wanted to be more immersive than uh what uh, a regular film can right. give like right. that, that's the experiment that serves experiment and <laughs> and, and i think Worked for us. Love it. So, so you got the footage now, and then you're on the editing table, which is, I think, yourself, right? Uh, no, uh, the editor is Anand Kishore. Like to yeah. begin with, we really didn't have. Uh, we were kind of like polymaths. Like all of us on this project, we had to uh, take up multiple roles. It right. was not like so. You can call. I was more of the IT administrator, the VR technologist, experimenting yeah. with workflows, experimenting with data networking. uh visual effects cgi so my role was more of there anand was the anand kishore was the editor on the project like that ended up becoming <laughs> eventually evolved into him and uh, there is, we had an associate editor hashim uh, yeah. hashim zain also so okay. they ended up becoming the editors on right. on this project and okay. i i ended up becoming the the vfx side and taking care of the the visuals <laughs> the other great, way great great that's amazing so so how do you um how is a i mean like how is a clip optimized for oculus like okay. uh, how editing you mean from uh, an editing perspective them yeah okay so that was a very early challenge this is a good question for us uh, the fact that we are not editing what seen on a rectangular display but Correct. we are editing something that all around us meant that we had to be able to see uh, what we are editing from the timeline on a vr headset directly uh, and not like do something export and then see what it looked like but uh, that was a huge challenge for us all towards the end because editing by itself is a very 
performance heavy thing especially with video right and yeah. and in our case um like with most films they they would have proxy material like they would down dress the video to a lower sized and lower resolution video so they can edit it smoothly and then you know like attach the original clips back once we are done with the edit and that works for cinema in our case the moment we down dress the video uh, we couldn't see their faces clearly we couldn't see their expressions and uh, the uh, the challenge was that you had to edit with knowing is the expression right is the actor performing correctly and we had multiple takes right so you had to pick the right take yeah. where it worked for the story maybe another uh, take would have a better performance from the actor but for all that you had to see it in uh, or from the editing table directly on the headset and uh, that was always a big challenge for us but we had softwares at that time that took up that, that actually upgraded because vr was uh, picking up at a great pace back then like we are filmmaking so some people had made initially there were plugins third party plugins that we had to install then there was a native integration into premiere pro itself that we could directly view on the headset uh but it was like it always a struggle to get it to perform smoothly so sometimes you had to uh like pause and then see it like edit pause and see it so it was quite a bit of a challenge for the editors to see it and then they had to take an export that would go on for like hours like 8 hours and 10 hours sometimes overnight and then see the entire uh, bit that they have edited to see yeah. uh, whether it's looking good or not whether it's come out the way they wanted so it, it's like the early days of film you know? wow. like uh, uh, so and i i guess that it was like okay we had to do it anyway we had to find out whether it's working and uh, we got through that somehow <laughs> amazing and since you mentioned so you used uh, premiere pro for editing you used premiere pro yes we did we, we did try fcp in between mm. because mm. fc uh, apple had announced that they had headset support mm. and the fact that fcp could uh, edit vr video um in fact but we had a huge trouble now of changing everything from premiere pro to uh fcp because uh, there was certain paradigms that worked natively with premiere pro that didn't have like transitions were there that mm-hmm. were not present in fcp uh, like vr transitions not regular transitions yeah right? yeah um and uh, then the challenge was it for it to perform on the headset we kept running into trouble we got apple support directly like from headquarters <laughs> on <laughs> trying to get this because the you know it was sir and question right like so uh, Uh, we we did try all that but then we came back to premiere pro eventually and like i said the hardware kept improving the software kept improving yeah. um to a point where things we we kind of stabilized with how we worked and uh, right. we found a workflow but yeah rocky start but then steady going <laughs> that right right okay and then premiere pro was on the windows version or the mac windows machine because the vr headset worked on the windows machine so understand and and as part of this journey you must have seen multiple revisions of oculus as well right yes yes Is- um, we started with we had an oculus dk2 there was the developer kit that sir had got but that was way before yeah. and then we got the rift he he got the rift uh, at the beginning of the project itself 
yeah. after Rift, we moved, we tried the HTC Vive. So we have like a huge range of headsets here. We've, we've tried everything. So yeah. Sir has bought the HTC Vive and uh, we tried with that. So some, um, some systems for VFX were using the HTC Vive, some were using the Oculus Rift. And then Samsung came along and brought in their headset that worked natively with Windows, the Samsung Odyssey headset. Oh. And that's what we used for bulk of the project. Like that, that lasted us oh. the longest time because it was an upgrade. It was an OLED display, didn't need additional sensors. You could just like put it on. Yeah. Um, and we, we, we somehow got through with that until they stopped production, unfortunately. And now uh, yeah. we moved on to HP headsets, which uh, is in production has a higher resolution display and that's what's on the positron chairs now uh, so we so which is why like i said like the samsung we were fine with the samsung nearly all the way till the end of the project like nearly like 5 years and then the hp headset came on and we had no choice but to uh, like make our visuals match up to that like you know yeah. they were, yeah. uh, surprisingly some visuals did some visuals sort of degraded along the vfx pipeline uh, we had to give it to additional vendors and it was not like we knew how what went on inside so when they were finished with it and gave it back to us with the older headsets we didn't know the difference but when the new headset came along we we're like oh my god the quality has degraded so much it's like getting a newer pair of headphones and like oh my god like this sounds so bad right i, I thought it sounded good all this time <laughs> so uh uh, th that's what we had to deal with and okay like now what can we do next how can we bring it up and we did just that love it love it now i want to switch over to uh you know the cool stuff that you've got right behind you the pod and okay. now the pod of course i've i've experienced uh, the installation here in melbourne i loved it and uh, spoke about it uh, with sir as well but a couple of things that I, that i definitely want to ask you in terms of I'm so intrigued with that is uh, the haptic touch movements as a more like haptic, haptic touch. Wow, why am I struggling with this? Haptic touch. Uh, so I think haptics, I think that's it. Haptics, haptics mean yeah, how, haptics, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, why am I on? So uh, how are these programmed? How is this programmed with with um, with, this, with with a clip that you have shot? How do you program it? Like, uh, so uh, can you talk me through that bit? Okay. If you don't mind, or maybe I'll, I'll try to make it even more simpler. Put it along these lines. Now, let's say there's a guy here walking in the park, right? In the pathway again. And uh, absolute layman language. And then, so it's, it's autumn and there's leaves around and then he steps on it. And you obviously have to uh, capture that. And then there is, uh, there's this autumn, um, you know, uh, aroma, that bit as well. So, and so you need to program the diffuser, the aromatic diffuser to uh, give that scent or the aroma. And, but the trick is he trips while walking on the pathway and you need to capture that bit. And that needs to be programmed in this pod with this haptic. Mm. So, can you talk me through this? You don't have to go to the absolute detail of what I just described, but what usually happens in something like this? Got it. So I think mostly it's the vision of uh, Sir and the editors. Like they worked on how to orient these scenes in such a way that it works best for the storytelling. 
right. so we worked with rotating chairs so we could just revolve around and you know see what it felt like and where the chair needed to be and we gave these notes to the company that makes these chairs positron so they've been yeah. doing the encoding the motion encoding for us so the the creative right. input comes from here and it's it's a continuous uh, process where we try something out we give it to them we check it out here and then sir sees it and then if there are any notes it goes back and forth so uh, they have a way to encode and they send the motion encoding for the chair but right. we right. give them the direction that this is what we want um, like this is how we would like to see and that is something that's discussed uh, with sir here and the editors and they've uh, mm-hmm. they've like uh, they they come to the conclusion that okay we'll orient it this way and sometimes it's like when we show it to sir we are we are actually putting him on a rotating chair and we are actually moving it around to give the idea uh, or like you know like this is what's going to happen and uh, sometimes it's him just moving the chair around and saying oh this should come here you know this should come there uh, he's the director at the end of the day uh, <laughs> so we trust his instinct and we pass on these notes and we get it encoded for the chair and that's how it works and the scent was uh-huh. another thing um, uh he had notes for like what scent needed to come where and where the scents mm. were important so that was his vision uh he experimented with various scents we had people on board uh for the olfactory experience there was manisha there was uh, grace boyle from the feelies initially um uh so they we we had all of these scents sent to us and he used to sample mm. them and say which ones worked which ones didn't work and he wanted to know you know like and and again like the same process with the chair we we were able to tell them that we wanted this scent at this specific point of time and uh, the technology mm. was chosen by us um, by sir like you know the sense that it's not the kind of scent that like lingers on it's the scent that uh, like stays there for a moment as long as it's needed and just disappears so uh, it's 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 not like you hear an audio and it keeps echoing all the time right like you don't want that sensation you you wanted to be there okay. to immerse for the moment and uh, like just be gone uh, so the technology for that was chosen as such that it 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 satisfied that requirement uh, and the sense itself were chosen specifically by sir for this particular story and uh, and uh, that device was again integrated by the makers of the chair positron uh so mm-hmm. they have integrated it onto the chair and that's also this is a separate scent track and that controls how the the scents are released wow yeah. i love it i love it okay great and so which means that it needs to be topped up after every show per se right it lasts for a good number of shows so oh, yeah? it's not like okay. it needs to be topped up every show there there are like you know like uh, cartridges that last for and a number oh. of shows even i'm not sure exactly how many <laughs> i i wasn't dealing with that right, right. Right? but right. yeah uh, they do last for like they like for like i don't think at cans we had to change the sense as such for uh, any of those yeah. pods for like about 10 days of showing mm. so uh, but right. yeah there but we do have backup you know so it's just a matter of changing it and uh, loading a new cartridge and so right great and i know for the fact that these pods are not cheap they are definitely very expensive so just sort of curiosity what you don't have to go into the exact details but what does uh one pot cost i mean because of you know the huge amount of money that gets spent on 
the installations and also depends on how many pods you can have at a location as well right, right. so so um yeah i mean uh, at at a very high level what's the ballpark in terms of per pod with a tech like this so i mean i've not been updated on the latest numbers i know something from like way long back uh, like way long back so it's i i okay. i assume it's costing way more than $50000 per chair uh that's that's my ballpark i i would assume. yeah yeah but um, for sure uh, but then like i don't know what the numbers are now like i know i know the chairs, they, the chairs themselves have changed so they're not the same like positron have yeah, updated the chairs cool. and and oh. the tech uh since the first showing that we had at nab that was back in 2017 so the numbers i have for you are from then <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I might, might be very mistaken about the numbers, but let's say yeah. like tens of thousands of dollars, right? Like it's yeah, it's yeah, yeah. I I agree, I agree. And and now uh, the sound that we experienced, uh, you know, while while watching the movie or experiencing the movie, let me put it that way. Um, you must have tried and tested a number of headphones to suit that, right? Or uh, so, and then you must so have benchmarked something. <laughs> Uh, yeah yeah of course you know it's his right, audio right. it's his uh, <laughs> direction and yeah, that's, yeah. that's completely sir's uh, thing so yeah we did test a whole lot of audio and i think he's still continuing to test like i said even after the shoot we were still testing cameras right so <laughs> even after the release he's still testing headphones because he's never like oh uh, it's yeah. done like how can we make this better how can we make this experience better yeah. for people who are watching it so we are still uh, he's still always on the lookout to make this experience better and better, you know. Right, uh, right. With yeah. the practicalities, of course, but yeah. <laughs> because as I said, I experienced it, experienced it here at the installation here in Melbourne, and these are the things that was kind of running in my head as to okay, you obviously you cannot have just an ordinary headset on your ears. It needs to be something very specific from Lemus perspective. Perspective and not the random footages that get shown here as part of the show and then also it needs to have uh, the noise cancelling and uh, also what's the other thing that I was going to ask and in terms of obviously something that syncs correctly with the visuals as well right so yeah I mean I was just curious along those lines that's all as to okay has there been a benchmark set that this is going to be the headset that needs to be there for every single pod when this movie is played is that how it would I, be when it comes out? I think so. I think so. Like how in cinema, uh, you have Dolby Atmos as a standard, yeah, right? As a standard. Or yeah. like there is THX. Or there, are, there are so many standards yeah. for which the audio is mixed. And they would have yeah. a reference set of audio back in the studio to know that what people are experiencing is what was mixed in the studio. Like as the director, you know, like expects people to feel it. Uh, so similarly, like what we are uh, showcasing in terms of audio is what Sir wants to hear, wants people to hear. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we had the 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 default headphones removed from the headsets, and they they're using another set of uh, headphones wow. that's specifically chosen for Sir. I mean, it's been okay. a continuous learning process because uh, it was at Khan's that for the first time. Um, not for the first time necessarily, but at Cannes, we did have a bigger showing and we had a, a noisier environment. So like we were like, okay, yeah. what works better here? Uh, 
so there was a constant, you know, continuous learning process of okay, uh, what works better. We so sir has been experimenting with many headphones and trying to find what uh, sounds like his vision is or like his. Uh, I don't yeah. know what the term for in terms of audio is like, but what he wants people to hear, right? Uh, in terms of the audio, which is what yeah. he is known for. <laughs> so, yeah. Right, right. Yeah, of course, of course. And since you touched on Khan's, uh, talk me through, buddy. I mean, how was it going there? And then what was it like to hear the feedback from people? And also, I, I, I guess even Madhavan was there and he watched it, right? And I, I, I remember he had some amazing words to say. So, yeah, please share your experience or, uh, you know, of going to... Khans was, like, surreal. <laughs> because, yeah. obviously, it's not something... I love that group picture that you you, you had with Sir. That was so cool. That, that, that's that still... Uh, that's, like, I really thank Sir for <laughs> such an opportunity to be on a group picture like that. Right? Like, that That was very impromptu and, like, you know, he's... he's oh, yeah? Up and that's very sweet and kind and, like, amazing of him to do so. Uh, from a personal perspective and uh, uh, the like the thing is it, it it was something that we were like okay this experience has to be great for people because it's for the first time we're going to showcase it to the world and uh, up until getting onto the flight to Cannes like we were testing the audio server sitting on the chair and watching the film right up until like from here from this chair he walked or he went straight to the airport that's how uh, it worked because it we had to get it right. We this is was our shot at uh, something, and uh, yeah. we were like all up. It was like battle. Like we had to get it, you know, there. And so we wow. we did that. We went to Cannes, and we had to set it up as in you know, it's not just the experience of being on the chair, but it's also the experience of walking into the pavilion. Uh, and those are right. things he uh, is very specific about, and which we he wants to create this amazing experience, not just about like going in and immersing but even outside of that like what what do you see glowing next to me they're all mm. holographic displays that are oh, showing wow. certain motives from the film so the same is installed at la as well uh, so but, you would see so it's not I just know, about yeah, immersing yeah. the person into the film but also bringing the film into the real world it is going both yeah. ways so the moment you enter the experience you're going into the film is calling out to you and you are going in. So the similar thing is what he wanted at Cannes. We had a bigger uh, holographic display. Uh, it is called yeah. the Looking Glass display. And uh, we had that showcase the actor, uh, yeah. you know, in, in her traditional attire from the story. Uh, and that like that was such a wow thing for people to walk in and just see that. That was one of those things. And apart from that... Uh, uh, since it was a showing, it was a, an opportunity for a lot of people, like you said, like a lot of celebrities, a lot of people to come and watch it. It was good to get there, uh, what they felt. Um, and I mean, everything was positive, right? Like, <laughs> uh, I, I don't I don't know. And I think we had to just take our their word for it because we by, by this point, we are like, I'm, I'm numb to what they're, you know, like, okay, you think it's great? Wow. Okay, thank you. <laughs> like, I'm really happy to hear that. So... Uh, we were involved with setting it up and making sure that things were running smoothly. And then we had Positron who uh, helped us run the show for those 10 days, uh, the two weeks that it was on for. Um, mm. But it was uh, good. We got a lot of um, uh, good word out there. We got a lot of people yeah. watch and say that I want to be a part of this experience. We got a lot of people saying, 
hey, I want to do something like this in my country. You know, how do I take this to my country? How do I uh, showcase it there? And uh, it was just great to know that people from all around the world, you know, who have assembled there at Cannes to come and tell you that... Uh, uh, and people who are di like directors, actors, and like anybody that we, mm -hmm. we could uh, have witness it to come and speak about it. Uh, we got yes. their testimonials, and uh, that that was really uh, like a you know once in a lifetime uh, experience that we ha I had at Cannes. I as well. So uh, I can imagine. Yeah. So now it's like okay, we we've, we've got like celebrities talk about it. We've got. Uh, other people in the fraternity talk about it, but like, what about the general folk, right? Like, so now LA is exciting in that way. The fact that it's out to public and like everybody is out there to like experience it. Yeah, yeah. And then there's great feedback coming out too. So yeah. and there's, there was one this morning as well, which uh, Sir had shared one of the fans from uh, the community had uh, put up a post after watching it. And uh, then yesterday there was another fan who watched it and um, yeah, I shared the feedback to Sir. Now, the next thing I wanted to ask was, so what's the plan for the way forward in terms of like, uh, I know Australia, it's happening soon. What about India? What's, what's, what's on the plan? Uh, oh. Like I know, uh, is, is it going to be on a, in every city, which I don't think is going to be likely? I really don't know. <laughs> uh, but I know okay. uh, that uh, his intent had been or what he had expressed as his intent was that he made this for a global audience and uh, yeah. not just because it's an English language film. Uh, full right. uh, cast has been like non-Indian cast and like he wanted mm -hmm. to uh, not make it an Indian film or he didn't want to make it like he wanted to make it a global film with a story that people around the world can connect and not like yeah. say, uh, you know, uh, that, okay, we, you know, we tell stories about India, but we're telling stories about okay. the world. Uh, so it's yeah. a world film and he wants to showcase it to the world before, you know, he does bring it. He definitely is bringing it to India and I'm sure when it comes here, it's going to be in a way, big way. Uh, so yeah. up until that point, I think he's going to hit the circuit where he, you know, takes it Correct. to Europe, the Middle East, uh, everywhere else, and like you know, get get all of that uh, going. Uh, he didn't he didn't specifically make this for an Indian audience. So <laughs> he he's making I, content for that, like in his music, his movies. <laughs> that's been happening as well parallelly. But this particular piece was for a global audience. Um, so with. Uh, I believe that, you know, that was what his intention was. And then he wants to right. deliver it there before he can bring it to India. But if it does come to India, I think it would really depend on uh, what opportunities are there and, you know, what's the best. I think an assessment would be done okay. know where it would be premiered. Uh, I mean, or like where it would be showcased within India in, in it itself. Yeah. So, okay. but I think it's safe to expect it to go around the world before landing here. Which, which makes yeah. complete sense. Yeah. yeah. And I, I, I can't wait for that to be opening here in Melbourne because the installation is here. It's ready. I'm waiting. <laughs> <laughs> and now moving slightly away from Lamask, because I think we have spoken enough. Uh, coming over to you, I was looking at your website uh, yesterday and then okay. uh, looks great, by the way. I loved it. Um, and 
I saw a lot of emphasis on color grading, color grading, color grading on a number of things that you have worked on. So, do talk me through is what exactly is color grading? I mean, in my eyes, is it is it? It's definitely not just applying the filters. Okay, that's uh, it's a very silly way of saying it. But what I'm trying to ask is uh, also bringing in from the Lamas context. You obviously choose a certain palette, right? Uh, when even even before you go to the shoot and stuff like that, and then you kind of stick with that palette uh, on the editing table, and then uh, you, do you come up with custom color gradings and things like that uh, to to suit what the vision is and things like that? And yeah, I mean, talk me through that, buddy. What, what exactly is happening in the color grading world? Right. So. Um... In a regular film, you would uh, do that because it's more of a cinematographer's vision in a in the traditional right. film uh, thing. Like a cinematographer has a way in which he wants to capture the image in order yeah. to set the mood or the tone for the story, and there is the and possibly to make it look natural sometimes. Sometimes to uh, give a certain effect of either epicness mm-hmm. or like a moody scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. The color would be set with the lights to begin with, but then because you have uh, digital tools available for you, you are able to manipulate and fine tune it in post, um, yeah. and that you can bring it to the quality that okay, this is what I wanted to achieve. Great, now we have it. Like even though you might have missed it in in shoot uh, itself, like you would have got the general tone of it by using a certain color of light. But mm. you're like, oh, but it's a little too bright in here. It's a little too dark in here. I want these details to show up, but I want these things to be more subtle. So color grade is about being able to manipulate the image in a way that the color uh, complements the story, the mood, the emotion mm. at that specific point in time again. Uh, so it, it it's all about the story, right? And like what works best for that. And that's... a it's a, again a creative art, I would say, to you know come up with. Uh, right. Great. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, I was just curious. I, just, I was just keen to ask you because almost every project that you had worked on, uh, there was color grading there. So I was just keen to ask. Okay, what, what, from your perspective, that's all. And now uh, talking about some of your earlier work with Sir, which one was your first ever project? Uh, was it Ninja Year Promo or, uh, or the KM one, Roli? So the so when I I did meet Sir, um, uh, he 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 said he wanted somebody at KM uh, to do uh, put out content yeah. from there, and uh, so that's where I started with because I uh, I used to do uh, shoots as freelance, so mm. I used to shoot, mm. edit it myself, and then. Um, like you know put out content that that's what i i was doing back then uh i used to direct music videos so any any kind of video production was my thing um and so he put me on there but uh the role he was one of the those experiences where he had a vision and i i feel i kind of superseded that and i told him sir this might work better and he's like perfect do it uh and it got done and he really appreciated uh, for that. And that was really uh, very, you know, like when when uh, Sir appreciates you, it's something like, oh my God, you feel like a child, you know, being awarded a star. Like uh, it was such such mm. an experience for me the first time. 
but Nenjuru personally for me was way more emotional because uh, this was the first time that I did a video and sir yeah. put music for it <laughs> to you know like uh, the other ones were performed by somebody else and he commissioned that video it was his creative vision I did it and this one uh, he asked me to shoot it and edit it and he said okay uh, so I did an edit with some stock music uh, initially and showed him so this is the style okay and then he he did this very I mean I, I can still say it's one of the most like heart wrenching or like you know hitting uh, music I've heard from him like every yeah. time I listen to it I'll get tears in my eyes. <laughs> so I was in one small edit room and he brings me, hey, I have this. He gives me this USB. Said, I've done this new version of the audio for the promo. Uh, so put it on and let's see how it, how it sounds. And I was there sitting with him and listening to him, you know, it for the first time. I was like, I was privileged. I felt privileged to like hear something like, you know, uh, AR Rahman does music and you're the first person to hear it, <laughs> right? And uh, I put it on, I heard it and it was so haunting, so beautiful. I was so moved. I was like overwhelmed by the fact that the man is sitting next to me and the fact that the music is haunting, you know, all at once. And uh, for me personally, that's the one experience I would say that's the closest to my heart to, to have mm. uh, Sir put music for something you have done. And then, you know uh that that was that was just like there and i was sitting and like there were tears in my eyes while watching that and have him <laughs> sit next to me oh, that was definitely the the thing i would say most impactful love one <laughs> love it and in fact when i watched it yesterday on your website i've watched it a few times it was so magical i mean yeah i, I couldn't describe it myself so and then uh, you also worked on for you my love i love yeah. that video too <laughs> Right. So that was a VFX role, all in all. Um, so yeah. designing that environment and uh, as a VFX supervisor to take it to mm -hmm. another, uh, like, you know, world itself, right? Like his music does that to you. So why shouldn't yeah. we represent that in the video? And that was also the director Amit Krishnan's vision for that uh, answers. Yeah. And it came out like I am I'm glad it came out well. But uh, came out really that, again, uh, and I'm like really glad, but that was in between Lemas that that happened uh, oh, while yeah. we were. Okay, yeah, yeah. I was in. Yeah, that must have been sometime in 2018, I think. 2019, I believe. Uh, 2019, huh? Ah, yeah. Uh, was it uh, the Chennai concert or something? I remember, I was there in India when this released. Okay. For, for you, my love. And uh, yeah, on the day of the concert, I remember like in the afternoon, we were about to go to the venue and then this song released like an hour before that. Yeah, okay. that's that's I how I remember it. <laughs> Quite recall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. And so totally uh, away from an ARR thing, uh, you also worked on uh, Suzuki Jigsaw. Uh, and <laughs> I, I, I obviously I had to I had to talk about this because I have that machine with me. I have a thousand CC jigsaw here, and I was I was so happy to see that. Talk me through that bit, just for fun. I used to do motorsports shoots. I like I had a team. Like I used to work with them. Like they they were the ones who commissioned it, and I used to be a part of that team. So we did motor shoot motorsport shoes for a lot of brands. Like you would have seen Tata, 
um, Prima, the truck racing and uh, Volkswagen oh. and Suzuki. So it was always exciting to like capture because it's it's not motorsport shooting is something that's like very high speed and to know yeah. the nuances of like uh, like how they go about racing like you know they uh, and like what what they have to do and prepare uh, what they have to do to prepare for a race even like to cap be able to capture yeah. that to understand that that used to be good fun like those those days of when we used to shoot Uh, it's all about running around the bikes would like zoom past and we used to also run along with <laughs> to shoot it you know to make it to to bring that you know to make it dynamic and then come back to the hotel room yeah. and then pick which shots we like we edit it so uh, it was nice it was it was a like it was a phase of my life where you know that that <laughs> i still loved i, I still love shooting and you know uh, only when it became lemus i didn't touch the camera for a long time i was behind a screen <laughs> because i was on post production more than okay. i was on on camera but uh, that that uh, shooting motorsport was always fun like uh, they say awesome. it's dangerous but it was fun <laughs> yeah and and dude i mean look uh, i i'm going to stretch the boundaries of our uh, friendship now so when okay. <laughs> when the when when lemus opens up in melbourne please do come along with sir and uh, please bring your camera along and then we'll go for a ride so <laughs> as <laughs> wish i hope he takes me to melbourne <laughs> that's his, uh, his wish really uh, uh we're working on things that he wants me to work on so i i really <laughs> that's really up to sir but if i do yes we're doing that right <laughs> so we should come <laughs> right and uh coming towards the end of the podcast uh before i have I, i do have some tiny bits before we wrap up uh i did tell you it was going to be a long podcast so sorry and uh, but you know uh, i i have learned so much in this podcast and i still feel that there's much more to learn uh, but i would probably reserve that for the part 2 of the podcast that's probably when i have watched lemask and then we do a debrief of that and then go deep okay. dive into various other aspects that i may not have covered so with that said okay. is there anything that you want to talk about that i have not touched on any topic under the sun so like one of the things we are proud of is that the entire uh, cg for this film was done in india in kodambakkam uh, oh. in our studio right here <laughs> okay and uh, that's something we're incredibly proud of the fact that we didn't uh, we we did it all in house you know that uh, this five years uh, we got we hired uh, students we brought them we taught them how to do it because uh, we had to come create our own pipeline for this right and that's uh, so we 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 worked on like i don't know countless vfx shots countless cg scenes and i'm very proud of the team of like people we hired students we worked with and it was such a close knit team yeah. that yeah. Um, that pulled it off and of course there is this whole thing about working with sir uh like what his thought process is like and things like that but i think you would want to reserve that for after you have watched the film because you i'm sure you would have yeah. many questions about what was sir thinking when you know he was doing this shot what was he thinking when you know uh i'd love to talk about the man himself because his vision is uh, he's a visionary that's what i can say like when 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 kans opened up to such positive reviews for us uh, yeah. uh we were left wondering that he saw something that we couldn't see like he saw something at the start of this project 
with the story he wrote the story mm-hmm. right uh, with the story yeah. that he wrote with the experience that he wanted to create uh, he saw something at the start of it that now when you see those people in the west react to it in such positive overwhelmingly positive way and it's not just positive it's not like yeah it was good it's like wow i can't believe what i just watched right like th- those kind of reactions when you get you can't help but wonder that what a visionary uh, <laughs> like he had a vision back then and that vision yeah. is speaking through the reactions of these people uh, who are coming to watch the film and for us that's so humbling you know that i i still believe i can't see what he you know what they're seeing in the film because that's where i think okay mm. i'm still an indian that's why maybe i can't see that <laughs> or you know maybe i'm numb he he meant it for a west like a, a global audience and the global audience is able to see it so that's a testament to uh, for for me that's like wow he is a visionary like i i'll do anything you say sir like you know we we have fought with you at many times you said no we can't do this you know sir. <laughs> like no it won't look good sir no it won't be right no people will react badly and then to see the same audience that we thought like like he he debunked all of that and then they are all reacting so well uh is like sir we <laughs> we give it to you so uh so his process his creative thinking and you know that's something i'm sure you will have a lot to talk about after you watch the yeah. film I'll, and and i am sure a lot of people who uh, who go and experience this film would have those same questions in mind like how did he think about this like what was his idea here <laughs> so i think that would be a great thing to do in the next podcast if you want to so <laughs> 100% Hundred percent, and you touched on something which I was going to ask, but I had forgotten. Um, so, in the even just before the premiere at in LA, uh, um, Sir was asked a question uh, by the host um, about something like the technology evolving and things like that. And then he gave he gave an example of you working on something for nine months, and he decided to scrap it. Does that? Did you watch that bit? No, I no. haven't. I so haven't. So basically, apparently, so just to give you the backstory, you were working. You had worked on something for, and you apparently said, "Sir, I worked on this for nine months." Uh, and sir said, "I don't care. Do this." <laughs> okay, uh, I'm sure that's happened many times. <laughs> like I'm not <laughs> okay for for an audience. It's new, uh, but you should know that the original film was seventy two minutes long. and that's what we <laughs> okay so so we uh, and uh, so what you're watching is the creme of the creme like you know but there is so much hidden con- like so much bonus content out there that's way beyond this film that you know we we have worked on so <laughs> you can do the mat 37 minute film uh, from a yeah. 72 minute uh, thing so we 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 worked on a lot and but when he said uh, when we when he did bring it down to 37 minutes uh obviously as somebody who's worked on for like 72 minutes you would feel like oh my god like you know i i did work on so much right like that's like saying 3 out of 6 years <laughs> almost nearly that but mm. but when you see the end product and you're like okay we got what you want sir and you are absolutely right with doing this like <laughs> so uh, there is no regrets that you know 
we had to make a 72 minute film to make a 37 minute film is what i believe like that was the process it was not like wow. uh, uh it's not a loss it's in fact a lot to gain uh, i have learned so much and uh, we have all learned so much as a team with doing that and mm. uh, we also have all that bonus content like you know so it's not just his film there's going to be so much more than this that he he has planned uh so it is exciting so you you can imagine you're going to watch the film you you watch scent of a song right which was the shortest 6 yeah. minute piece yeah. uh and then you're going to watch this 37 minute piece and then knowing that there is there is still so much more uh, coming from this that's going to you're going to want uh, you are going to want it <laughs> i i yeah. hope so. So, so am i right by saying it's going to come come on to the oculus store eventually we have plans we have plans okay. and uh, i mean the thing is the experience is something that needs to be experienced as a whole on the chair right it yeah, is that too it's, right it's not something oh, you right. can sit on your couch and watch it's not the Correct. same experience Correct. it's like taking two parts of it and giving you one third of it right okay i'll get my partner to push the uh, button on the thing uh, the same yeah, yeah please please rotate my chair <laughs> like you know when i sit on it uh, you're not getting the entire experience and that's what he wanted that's why we, it's not releasing like uh, direct to mm. a vr headset but eventually we do want more people to know what this is like and be excited and want to come and experience the whole thing uh mm-hmm. hopefully like you know to tell them that this is this you you saw this but the experience is much larger than that right and uh, so we do have plans we are, we are trying to see how that can be worked out uh, we also what's tricky about vr and vr devices is that we don't want to give them a bad experience either uh, it's it's very tricky it's very tricky we have spent a lot of time to make sure that the audience is in absolute comfort people don't want to take off their headsets they can stand 37 minutes i mean that would is that's a question we have asked, we've been asked a lot of times is how can people sit for 37 minutes in vr we made sure it they can <laughs> like we put the effort to make sure that it's absolutely comfortable so and we are not ready to compromise that if we feel uh, i think sir is not ready to compromise that if it feels that people would wear a headset and not get that comfort so yeah. we want to make sure even if it's least for the oculus it's it's absolutely comfortable it, they're getting the mm-hmm. best experience that they can uh, because a lot more challenges because you have to stream the content you have to make sure it's at mm-hmm. a higher resolution it's, it's way more demanding than uh, what you're streaming with mm-hmm. cinema right so uh, all that is being worked out and we hope that we can release it out to the public who would see that wow. experience it see and hear it and want to also feel and smell it <laughs> so Uh, right. yeah of course of course i can't wait i can't wait yeah. uh and um, in fact i mean almost every single time i talk to sir it's always about lemask and the tech behind it and all that and um yeah i i love it i love it so um the other bit that i wanted to ask you was the recent promo that came out uh you know for lemask uh the the audio which was on it right mm-hmm. which was so catchy and it was so amazing why hasn't that featured on the soundtrack yet because this, you know the soundtrack is out on apple music right it would be a shame to say that i don't know <laughs> okay right no yeah but but, 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 yes, but that's, that's the truth i uh like 
he's put me on some things <laughs> so i have like kind of understand like, understand yeah 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 he's always on uh, exciting things so now i'm excited about new things that i have <laughs> like you know that that he's planning to do right and i i'm on that journey now okay. so like i i do keep up with the stuff okay uh, i'm like oh my god i want time to post about lemas i have not got his time to post about like you know i worked on this film for 6 years it's been a journey you can uh, post about this podcast then <laughs> yes that's that's why i really hope that you know this is a bigger post and that people can you know i i can talk about it this way Uh, 100%. 100%. I, i just felt like oh my god what he is doing now is more exciting than the previous one and you know he he's always he's always uh, like really inspiring that way of course, <laughs> right? of course. and um, so yeah I, i i don't i didn't realize that this track wasn't on the official soundtrack so it wasn't there uh, the fact that i've also. i've heard the soundtrack of lemus over and over again for i know so many years uh it didn't like strike me to go and <laughs> like no, no, I, i love the soundtrack i mean in fact okay. uh i heard it only a couple of days ago in fact it it came out very recently so um what's the next big thing you don't have to go into the details i mean he's uh, i think this is just the beginning for us for lemas in a way right. that is just starting to show right like it's it's the possibilities it's a long journey it, it's it's still a journey to take around the world yeah uh, so it's not it's not the end yet for lemas itself and so uh, as we are doing this there is still requirements coming up for this film in which we mm. want to like like i said the holograms that we are creating to make the experience center more beautiful he's going to have more ideas to make the experience more amazing like depending on where he's taking it so uh i don't think my work with lemus ever ends <laughs> like it's not like i was a vfx supervisor and it's over yet but okay. he has like 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 20 20 plus projects running all at once like he's mm. a man of so many ideas and and mm. this is a face of raman sir that nobody people are going to experience for the first time right like there it it started with one heart then there was 99 songs yeah uh, there is this visual side of him like him bringing his visual ideas to life and yeah. he's and like for me up until lemus premiered at cannes we were always doubting him like we were like can he do it he's an he you know like you know he, obviously like we know this like for you know for us there's no second to him with music yeah. <laughs> okay but with visual right like how is he going to do it and then he goes and surprises us who has worked on the film uh, with the reaction so i think it's exciting and i think for me it's about trusting sir working on his you know and seeing what i can do best his project he has like across all medium he loves to mix like he likes to do vr he likes to do cinema yeah. uh, he wants to do uh, make like maybe a web series i mean and he's not limited by that like he would have one idea and say oh i want to make a film out of it the next moment he says hey what if we make this a vr film yeah. he is a he's a man in the moment okay and uh, it's it's up to really all of us to adapt to <laughs> yeah. His, yeah his moment like so what might start off as so i can't really tell you something uh, yeah. like after like after a year you'll be like hey shirag you told me it's a film but now it's a vr experience or like i you told me it's a vr it's experience important. now it's a web series you don't you know it it's going to change but yeah, i, I yeah. can definitely and safely say that he's he's got uh, he's a visionary 
he yeah. has huge amazing ideas in mind and like he's uh-huh. just like on to conquer that he's not stopped at like the oscars he's not stopped <laughs> like oh i've achieved everything at the music correct he's very much a child at heart like he puts us to shame sometimes like you know <laughs> i i've always thought like he's a 20 year old <laughs> like that's the energy he's got Agreed. and he Agreed. he's always inspiring us uh, every day to stay uh fresh and accept new ideas never to settle and <laughs> so uh i i would say it's going to be exciting like lemus is the first step i want people to go and uh experience it to know okay this is the new site to sir you know this is a new site to ar rahman that people haven't experienced yeah. Yeah. i i'm very excited about that like you know i'm excited about people seeing the side of sir more than people watching lemus <laughs> it's about people seeing that you know this uh, this person is a visionary and uh, we really love him for that so good so good so just last final bit um a message for sir before we wrap this up and of course you you've had a fantastic journey for the last 6 years just working on lemask and of course you've had your journey prior to that as well with other projects that you've worked on but frame your message just from a lemask lemask journey perspective uh things that comes to your mind what, what do you feel like telling him i know you can always tell him personally but let it go via this podcast and i'm sure he's going to watch this bit okay so um i mean uh, like like tons and tons of gratitude alone uh for believing in me like at like every moment like even though i make mistakes even though i i like you know sometimes maybe i annoyed him at points you know sometimes not lived up to his expectations but to uh to have kept like uh, you know trust in me and to kept you know like expecting more of me to keep you know he has pushed me beyond my own boundaries known what i have known beyond my comfort zones and uh, and giving me this opportunity to learn so much like i feel like i've done a phd you know <laughs> in in something and like learn so much and grow while i'm at it i mean i i, I don't know where to like start and begin it's just a, like a whole lot of gratitude for him and this having this connect and this opportunity to like be in his vision and to you know execute it like that's that's something and uh like and it's it's beyond the fact that what he has given me with his music for the you know like the 30 odd years of my life <laughs> he's yeah. he's uh, beyond that you know to push into something else like to know him to get to know him as not just a musician as a mentor as a, a father figure as somebody who kept believing in me that i have just like a whole lot of gratitude to him and uh, every single day even today since lemas like you know to yeah. uh to know myself uh to you know uh to stay um focused on the work and like look beyond myself <laughs> and to uh, i mean again gratitude let me just end with gratitude <laughs> that's 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 what i have for sir like you know uh, love and gratitude for sir super love it love it and i heard you also sing well no <laughs> <laughs> I I have Sri Rag in my name. Uh, I I trained as a Carnatic 
musician when I was a very small child. See, I knew uh, that. So I have a music connect. I I did learn Western music for a bit. I played the keyboard. I don't know if sir knows that I played the keyboard. So this might be, be a surprise. So, uh, so the music connect has always been there, and maybe that's what's helped me take it to the visual side. Uh, mm. That's what I've always believed that my understanding of the technicalities of music, uh, the technicalities of computers, because I did a computer science uh, as my uh, engineering yeah. <laughs> degree. So. Uh, and uh, like music i know i don't sing <laughs> to answer your question <laughs> i just i i sing for myself i don't i'm not a good singer or anything no <laughs> I, i can't claim that I'll, i'll i'll leave you to it then so uh describe lemask in one word i think my expressions to speak for it is <laughs> exhilarating 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 yeah nice nice cool dude i had so much fun man i i really can't wait to meet you in person when i uh, come to chennai and uh, i i yeah there's so much to talk about just about this movie and i know for the fact that even beyond the stuff that you have spoken about in this podcast there's so much more which have which we have not even touched on and uh, this is a lot of hard work and also uh, sir has been super super passionate about it since a long time which i am aware of and yeah so it's it's like personally for me it's like it's it's my personal achievement sort of a thing when i see lamask being opened up in la and then coming to melbourne as well and and of course other parts of the world it's it's like it feels like my own victory uh, with all the hard work that you guys have put in <laughs> but it feels nice i mean uh, even for uh, you know the when i went to check out the installation here uh, i was so excited and uh, um, yeah i described that to sir as well but it felt like uh, my own thing is about to come here and i can't wait to experience it so that's the feeling i had and i can't wait so that's happening soon which i'm sure I'm a lady with the gum vibe